Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Morgan Men Sports Podcast, wherever you may be getting your podcast from, SoundCloud.com, Google Play Podcast, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we got a load of show for you all today, so without any further delay, let's get started. So now we are coming up into Stage 3, Week 1 for the Overwatch League. Yes, guys, it is finally here. I know you all are excited for Stage 3 to begin with. Then we can go on to Stage 4 and then the Grand Finals of the Overwatch League. But first, we got to get through the... through the five weeks of the Overwatch League to begin with, we are going through week one right here. So to start off with, you got the rating stage two Overwatch champions, the San Francisco Shock taking on the Atlanta Rain Thursday, June 6th at 7 p.m. Florida Mayhem at 8.45 taking on Soul Dynasty and Gangzazu Charge, if I'm announcing that right, at 10.30 p.m. facing the Chindao Hunters. This right here, guys, uh, I feel like the Atlanta Rain is going to lose this matchup against the San Francisco Shock because they are coming off a very, and I mean a very impressive Stage 2 Grand Final, well, Stage 2 finale and winning, you know, that grand prize. And I'm like, wow, okay, that was very good to defeat the undefeated Vancouver Titans. And... Atlanta Rain, I feel like they will win a match, though. So I do feel like the series will go 3-1 for this entire matchup. But still, San Francisco Shock will will be the best option for this matchup right here. I'm sorry, Atlanta Rain fans. I'm, I'm a Rain fan myself. But I feel like the San Francisco Shock will win this one. But no, I will be surprised. Atlanta Rain can defeat the NYXL. Or, excuse me, the N. The New York Escalator, if I'm pronouncing that right. And they're, and they're one of the hottest teams in the league. So who knows? But I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting down for San Francisco winning this 1 3 1 over the Atlanta Ring. Florida Mayhem versus Soul Dynasty. I feel like Soul Dynasty is going to win this one right here. Um, definitely the Florida Mayhem is not just, they haven't been all that great. Uh, communication has just been lacking. Uh, Gun skills, they're not winning one-on-ones, and I'm just, I'm kind of just disappointed with the Florida Mayhem this season, and uh, Soul Dynasty, I feel like they're on a right track to get something right, and I feel like this match will be their approval point. 
the hunters and the charge, uh, charge, uh, I mean, this is like your look, dude, go, go to sleep. You know, it don't matter who wins this match, but I feel like the charge will win this one because from the past stages, stage one and two, they just don't, they're, they're looking for that dub and they need to start off strong. And if I feel like if they start off strong, they will win this one. Then on Friday, you get the Los Angeles Valiant versus the Shanghai Dragons. Uh, not undoubtedly the Shanghai Dragons. I mean, they're, they're that good team that can make a little bit of an impact, but not too much. The Paris Eternal versus the Toronto Defiant. I feel like Toronto Defiant is going to win this one. Boston Uprising versus London Spitfire. Uh, the, the Boston Uprising, I feel like, is the semi alright so uh, like a tier 2 semi elite team that can actually make make a deep playoff push come in stage 3 and in stage 4 and probably the grand finals the Houston Outlaws versus the New York Escalar I feel like the New York Escalar is going to win this one no doubt Houston Outlaws is again a gr- a good team and I feel like they will be a tier 2 maybe t- tier 3 elite just based off you know how the productivity is and how they can actually get the communication skills just right but still whenever it comes up in the clutch moments New York Escalar is your best option to go to Saturday, June 8th, the Los Angeles Gladiators will be facing off against the Dallas Fuel at 12.15 a.m. Now, this is all, if I'm not mistaken, I believe all Pacific time. So, definitely a lot of people will get to see this one. Um, I feel like the, the Gladiators, they're becoming an elite team. So, I believe they will win this one 4-0. The Spark versus the Philadelphia Fusion. Philadelphia is playing for really the grand final. And I feel like they're going to win this one because they have the grand final set on their mind. The grand final is in on their home turf. So for them to win out pretty much the rest of this stage and probably make a deep playoff push in the stage three finale... I feel like they, they could be an honest, like, threat going into the grand finals. But of course, we'd have to see what stage four would bring to us. Then the Vancouver Titans versus the Atlanta Rain. Guys, I feel like Atlanta Rain could pull this one off. I feel like they can do it right here because again, New York S. Clare has a similar style to how the Vancouver Titans play. So I feel like the Vancouver Titans, they're upset uh, that they lost against the San Francisco Shock, and they're they're not recovering from it. And I feel like Atlanta Rain is definitely going to take this one over. But it will be a close one. I do see the series going 3-2 in, on, in all honest respect. Soul Dynasty versus the Charge. I feel like Soul Dynasty is going to go 2-0 here. Um, like in win loss record for stage three and just totally just dominate the charge going full round. Los Angeles Valiant versus the Hunters. I feel like the Valiant will pick up a win here. Um, there's like, look, we're tired of losing. We want to win and we're, we're giving you our best shot. <laughs> 
And then now finally on Sunday, June 9th, the New York Escalator versus the London Spitfire. This will probably be matchup of the weekend for stage three, week one, uh, with New York Escalator winning because New York Escalator wants to be back at top, at the top and just totally dominate the competition, be back, you know, facing off against the Vancouver Titans and our, the, you know, the San Francisco Shock. I feel like they're better determined to get back to that spot. And I feel with this win right here, they can definitely be a threat in stage three. Paris Eternal versus Boston Uprising. I feel like Boston Uprising will win this one. Paris Eternal did have a great run in stage one, being like just undefeated until they face the Atlanta Rain, going 4 0 with the Atlanta Rain winning. And. Ever since then, they they just have not had a great Overwatch season, and I feel like that's still going to continue in Stage 3. The Washington Justice versus the Dallas Fuel. The Washington Justice, guys, I've, I've seen the gameplay, I've seen the interviews, I've seen everything. Nothing is clicking on offense or defense for this team. There's no chemistry between none of the players. There's nothing. And and I hate to say that because I, I try to give everybody a chance to win and make themselves heard within a certain community. But for the Washington Justice, they've had plenty of opportunities. And and. And, and like I said, I don't want to sit here and down on them, but I feel like the, the struggle will still continue to go on and Dallas Field will take advantage of that. The Vancouver Titans versus the Los Angeles Gladiators. This might be a runner up for match of the weekend for the Overwatch League stage three week one matches. And I feel like the Gladiators will win this one, uh, coming off a win from their victory over Dallas Fuel on Saturday. It, it's it's, it's going to be a great matchup. I'm really seeing this one being a really about a close to a tied series. Honestly, it's going to come down to whatever game mode that say the Gladiators won't. And if the Gladiators pick a game mode that they are that they know they're going to win, and that the Vancouver Titans struggling. Definitely so. But if they pick a game mode where both of them are really great, I feel like this matchup will be tied for the series. So now moving on, here are five WWE superstars who could pursue as a ratings booster for WWE as it battles for AEW. Because AEW is slowly climbing up in the rankings as being the the best, if not the best, wrestling program there is today. So the first one that comes up in this list is John Cena. John Cena is a must definite in this certain situation because, number one, he has been gone for so long. Now, ever since really the WrestleMania appearance of facing off against Undertaker... Um, two years ago, I feel like John Cena making a return and, and not putting him in a championship spotlight just yet, but kind of getting him into like a full part-time position for say, like he's not full-time, but he is part-time and he's showing up a good little bit to, you know, boost ratings. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, uh, sad about that. I would actually love to see John Cena back. <laughs> 
The next one I am kind of disagreeing with. This is coming from Forbes.com, guys. So anything that I am saying right here, it is coming from Forbes, but I am trying to put my mix into it with my reactions. Um, but Hulk Hogan, uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan has showed up to two recent WWE special events, Crown Jewel and WrestleMania 35, which could be the beginning of a trend that brings back the Hulkster on more regular basis. But for, the, but for bringing back Hulk Hogan after his incident, you know, saying, you know, the, that word, his, his popularity has just drastically decreased and no one wants him back in WWE. I feel like a stone cold could, make this place of Hulk Hogan and have a stone cold, like start making special appearances, maybe like a, I don't know, like a, um, like a manager for like Becky Lynch or just, just something that is going to help with the ratings for WWE as AW is now the full-time competitor. The Bella twins, uh, (laughs) Look, guys, I love Bri and Nikki both. I really do. But with them both announcing retirement from in-ring competition, why, why would you even consider bringing them back? I would say at least bring in, say, a Lita and maybe a Michelle McCool. Or Kelly Kelly would definitely be a woman of contention to start bringing back into the main roster and, you know, again, not throwing her into a championship match, but put her, just put her straight onto the mid card, put her like low mid card and let her work herself up again. So that way she has an in-ring experience. And once she starts proving herself worthy, then put her into a, you know, a title match opportunity and win it. And that would definitely boost ratings. I feel like. The next up is The Rock. Okay, so The Rock is, oh gosh, I think, I know late 40s at the most, or maybe mid 40s. I, I, I really have no idea how, how old this dude is, but he works out like freaking crazy. So he is in shape. And I feel like with The Rock coming back, he needs to be more of special pay-per-view events um, outside of like a WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble kind of experience. I'm saying something like, I don't know, like a, like a Hell in a Cell or Elimination Chamber match. You know, just have something where it could mean something or have Roman feud with the Rock, stay and start from the Royal Rumble. Have the Rock enter in the Royal Rumble at, say, you know, entrant, you know, 24 or something. Roman is already out there at, say, entrant number 19. And then the Rock, you hear, who's so man, you know, all that. And then Rock's, and excuse me, Roman, he's like, what, what? And then the Rock comes out and like, just, Totally blasts Roman Reigns in the face, and then, um, then that just starts a feud with The Rock and Roman Reigns, and that could lead up to WrestleMania. And I feel like this would be a great storyline if WWE could actually write a better storyline. And I feel like with um, what's his name, Bruce Pritchard, back in charge and actually in full time writing mode now. Ever since he did his last like podcast, 
on um, the Bruce Pritchard show. I feel like with him being back full-time writing now and not worrying about the podcast, I feel like storylines will start to get better for WWE. And I feel like if they do go a Rock versus Roman feud with really the Rock being the bad guy in this situation, I feel like ratings would boost. It really would. Roman could learn something from the Rock and the Rock could start learn something from Roman. It, it just, it helps one another, but ultimately it helps WWE boost ratings as AEW is climbing up the ranks. Now, of course, we've been chanting this one. This is the last person on our list. We've been chanting him in almost every arena around the world. And that is CM Punk. After CM Punk recently made a surprise appearance at an indie show, there is plenty of speculation that the former WWE champion and UFC star could return to the ring, which is something that former WWE star X-Pac believes could very well happen. Punk was reportedly the number one target of the upstart All Elite Wrestling, yes, even ahead of Chris Jericho, despite of all the bad blood between the two sides. WWE is apparently very interested in bringing Punk back in the mix. It's likely that WWE wants Punk's re- Punk to return in large part to keep him from AEW, but also because he's one of the few stars left out there who could perhaps move the needle if he need if he were to come back to WWE. Yes, I do agree with this. Because WWE recently losing Kurt Angle and Batista to retirement is has somewhat hurt WWE. Not not a lot. I will get that because you know they were more f- Hole fillers. Batista, of course, you know, he's, he's a no show. He just made that one WrestleMania appearance, but I'm talking about Kurt Ankle where he was the general manager. Then he did entering competition. Then, you know, that kind of moved the needle down just a little bit, but I feel like with CM Punk's kind of, I don't know, like, like style and attitude. I feel like the needle will move more closer to, to full, really, because again, attitude, he can come back and start just, you know, start at, start at a mid card where, where he kind of was at, he was kind of like a high low card right there with John Cena feuding with him and, you know, Randy Orton and on so forth. But bringing him back at a high low card, facing off like against a Roman or Seth. But not for a title, just to be facing them and have a few wins over them. I feel like CM Punk's return would be great. It's going to get the biggest pop in sports entertainment history. Honestly, if CM Punk's music, you know, like, I forget his theme song now, but if once CM Punk's theme song ever hit at like a Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant, that would be bananas. It would be bananas. Just like, remember the 2016 Royal Rumble where AJ Styles came in? Everybody from the indie scene, you know, well, everybody that watches indie wrestling like New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor and all that and Impact, whenever AJ Styles came out, he got a big pop. But now just imagine that times 20,000. With CM Punk, honestly, the noise index level would just go berserk. 
with how the with how the arena is going to explode whenever CM Punk's theme hits. But on this one right here, guys, let me know what you all think on who could come back to WWE right now, be like a part timer who could like show up at least maybe I don't know, like three out of four Monday Night Rawls a month and still make an impact and still boost ratings. So that way AEW can, you know, stay at like a number two spot of being like the best wrestling program there is. And now finally, finally, we are on to our very last subject of discussion. And that is what can we learn from Dark Carter's 2012 offense? To say 2012 was Dirk Carter's finest year in Atlanta is much the same as saying you and I need to breathe oxygen. It's so obvious that it barely bears repeating. That's partly because the talent level took a hit in 2013 and 14, a problem that came from a mix of injuries. Julio Jones missing most of 2013 broke the off, broke the offense and sheer indepute in and to put, excuse me, the offense line and running back picture were largely brutal. Figuring out how Carter is going to fare in 2019, seasons upon seasons removed from his last stop in Atlanta, feels like a vicious ex- exercise and projection. That said, it's worth understanding how the offense fluctuated under Carter way back when we bet when to understand how it might function again. Matt Ryan still runs the offense. Julio Jones is still terrorizing defenses. And there's and there was at least slight overlap with the likes of Jake Matthews and Devontae Freeman. So baseline says from 2012. Points 419th, 7th in the league. Yards 5,906, 8th. Turnovers, 18th, 7th. Passing yards, 4,509, 6th. Passing touchdowns, 32, 5th. Interceptions, 14, 12th. Rushing yards, 1,397, 29th. Rushing touchdowns, 12th. Excuse me, 12th, which is 13th in the league back then. So, rushing yards was definitely something that Dirk Carter lacked upon. And so that means Devontae Freeman in this certain situation where Devontae Freeman now is back, you know, healthy and Dark Carter has worked on a great, like, running back scheme for this offense. I feel like the, the, the rushing yards will increase and in, like in ranks from 20, from 2012 being 29th in the league to now let's just say, you know, a top 20. For, for that matter, you know, being ranked at least 15th in the league in rushing yards. Overall, this was a, was a top 10 offense chiefly bogged down by the unproduct, unproductivity of his rushing game. That was Michaels Turner's final painful season in Atlanta when the blocking was still pretty solid, but the burners insane 2008. To 2011 workload has taken a legitimate toll. It's hard to hang too much on that Cotter, though there's an, an architect there will dive into the next section. 
So a word of caution. The first thing to acknowledge is that Dirk Carter's 2012 tendencies when it came to the run are considered for, are concerning for anyone who went bonkers when Steve Sarkeesian leaned into obvious unproductive first and second down runs. At the, at, at the time, the team was bit hamstrung and with an Ian Michael Turner and like a clear com- complete complementary back. But, well, take a look. First down, 220 attempts, 733 yards at five touchdowns. Second down, 122 attempts at 582 yards, five touchdowns. Third down, five attempts, 82 yards, three touchdowns. Fourth down, one attempt, zero yards. As you might imagine, the fact that the team wasn't even going to pretend to try to run on third down has repercussions from for the team's passing. Here are the splits for those same downs through the air. First down, 166 over 237, 1,000 1,892 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 INTs, 7 sacks. Second down, 146 over 212, 1,492 yards, 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, 11 sacks. Third down, 108 over 160, 1,138 yards, 7 touchdowns, 5 five INTs, 9 sacks. Fourth down, two over six, negative two yards, one touchdown, one interception, one sack. The team was brutally inefficient on third downs by and by and large, which is a big red flag with Carter coming to town. And this, if this was one, was a one year operation, it would not really be worth noting, but this has been a present trend line across Carter offenses throughout much of his career as a play caller. He simply does not like to run on third down and his Russian offenses generally only fare well on first down. It's very true that the Falcons never had a truly capable Russian attack with Carter at the helm last time around and their offensive line and running back situation is much improved this time around. To say nothing of Matt Ryan's maturation as a quarterback, still the numbers were so much better last year under Sark, even without Freeman, that it's hard to even compare them with the team enjoying Steelers third down efficiency running and passing. No one is going to reasonably suggest that Cotter is going to be a bad thing for the offense, and almost everyone expects that the talent level, which is mostly better than what it was in 2012, will lead to good results. But it's worth noting that the questions we f- we first raised when Carter got here, sustained by his best year in Atlanta, we were really banking on the talent of Devontae Freeman saving the day here. So, yes, I really do believe that Devontae Freeman will save the day in this offense for the for the Atlanta Falcons because number one, Devontae Freeman, he is so much wiser and experienced that he his football IQ has increased over the years from 2012, which was the year that, you know, the Falcons had Derek Carter. Matt Ryan has matured, so definitely passing yards is definitely going to increase right here. But we are going to see if Dark Carter is going to be more bolder 
and run the ball on third down. So, like, if it's like a third and three, I don't see no worries of them running it because, I mean, it's that close to the the first down marker, and we need that first down. So, instead of throwing on third and three, I feel like we are going to put Devontae Freeman in that third and three situation. Now, if it was like a third and eight, then by all means, gamble it. You know, pass the ball because you're putting faith into Julio and Matt Ryan, Julio and Sanu, Julio and Ridley, uh, Ryan and Austin Hooper, and now going to be, you know, Ryan and Luke Stalker. I feel like you're going to put... Much more faith in them if it's on a third and eight. And that, and I mean, third and eight is a long ways. You know, playing on, and I know this is a video game, but playing on Madden, third and eight is a long ways to be pat, uh, to be running. So I, I'm really banking on that Dirk Hodder now since he is more wiser in the play calling system. I feel like he is going to run it on third down, even if it lit at the most a third and five. At the most of third and five, I believe we will run the ball on a third and five, but anything past a third and five, like you know, third six and above, I, I believe we're going to pass it, but it's going to be a short pass to Julio to get the first down. All right, guys, so now we have actually reached a milestone in today's podcast. We are going over, uh, it's looking like 29 minutes. I know it's just going to be, you know, cut by a few short seconds. Um, but I, I'm actually proud of myself. I'm, I'm taking the, the time to sit here and discuss things much more thoroughly for you all so we can, guys can get as much information as you need to about the Atlanta Falcons, CWL, OWL, and WWE stuff all together. But guys, I sure hope you did enjoy today's podcast. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning. I am very stoked for you all to hear this. So let me know in the comment section below what you all thought of today's podcast with everything that I had to discuss about. Make sure you can f- make sure to follow me not on just soundcloud.com, but also Google Play Podcast, Spotify, and on YouTube. I will be having, I actually have a video up right now on the YouTube edition of the Morgan Man Sports Podcast where I go over the Atlanta Falcons 2019 2020 season schedule. Till then, guys, I, Morgan, will catch all of you later. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy. But at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. 
Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.